0: Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California, promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller.
1: I just welcome you. And David Wick, I'd like to uh, welcome you and have a little introduction. He is the President-elect of the Rotary E Club of World Peace and made this event today possible. And I'm Barbara Gun Mueller, also president of the Rotary E Club of World Peace. David,
0: well, I, this is such a delight to um, uh, have um, Barbara here and to you know guide this uh, session. And, and uh, she's going to really talk about um, the peace building and the work that she's done, and also with Robert Mueller, her husband. It you know, was at the United Nations. But uh, Barbara Miller, is, she's is the uh, president of the United Nations Association in um, uh, Santa Barbara, actually, the Tri County area of Santa Barbara. And she is also uh, the uh, president of the E Club of World Peace. And she has been a pri- huge peace builder for years and years and has the experience and the the view of the world evolution and what is taking place so it's just a delight to have you here and to share your uh, journey and your story with us and to bring this into the world unity week which is um this is reaching global uh audiences so welcome barbara
1: Thank you so much. You know, it's very interesting to um, think about the concept, World Unity Week. Think about that. If we can bring together our dreams for peace, bring together our thoughts for world unity, think what we can do. It's really an important time on our planet and I just want to welcome each of you for dreaming along with me. I see we have people on who are part of my Rotary E-Club and I'm so proud of the Rotary E-Club of World Peace and I hope you will check us out on Tuesday evening. We are on at 6:30, and we're on Zoom. Just go to Rotary E-Club of World Peace and you will see who our speakers are and we have a meeting every single week. Now, I'm going to start with what I gave to the World Unity Week. I said, the future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. That was by Eleanor Roosevelt. Then I'm going to go to this, I have a dream. Who said that? Martin Luther King. Before I got on today, I, I was in tears because I put on his speech. And I said, I'm here. I can take my dream for a world that works for all. You are my motivator, Martin Luther King. When the Emancipation Proclamation took place, 100 years later, we were still having slavery. We were still not letting black children go to white schools. And he never gave up on his dream. And look where we are today, black lives matter. I'm gonna go to a more personal approach. I'm gonna talk a little bit about a dream I had in 1990. I had lived in a public relations world. I had my degrees. I had all sorts of things. I met Edward Bernays, the founder of PR. And I sat down at my desk. And this is the part of dreaming that you want to remember find a quiet spot, a place where you can get in touch with your internal feelings. And I sat at my desk in my home in Santa Barbara. And I said, What do I want the rest of my life to be? And I wrote down three things on a tiny piece of paper. I wanna work for peace, like my grandfather said when I was three, you're gonna be a peacemaker someday. I want a companion who is working at the top of the world and I want property that I can save for future generations. I put those three ideas into my wallet and I left them there. I didn't look at them again until 1994, four years later. And when I was changing the wallet to give myself a new wallet, out popped my dreams. And that was the beginning of the dream coming true. Often you don't have to even remember your dream. Just have to be with intention when you make it. And then watch as it comes true. The universe will support you. That's what I have found in my long life, that the universe supports you. My father, I'll go back to my dad. Living in, I was born in Denver, Colorado, and he had one dream. I'm going to be on the fire department. Well, the fire department in Denver, Colorado said, no way, Jose. And he left with me at six months and my mom in our 41 Ford, and we went to California. Why? Because my grandfather was there, and his dream was to have no war. He left Hungary at, in the early 1900s. I'm talking about 1914, 1913, why? Because the coffin maker in his town of Hungary, Budapest, at that time it was either Hungary or Romania, Budapest, everything was so mixed up because the communists were coming. He was walking down the street and he heard the coffin maker say, we're gonna need these coffins, the war is coming. And Grandpa Mescu said, war does not work. He got on the next boat out of Hungary and came to the United States. I wouldn't be here in the United States today if he wouldn't have had the dream of peace. And so when I went to San Diego from Denver, Colorado, I was just a baby. But as I grew up, my grandfather would always say to us at dinner, you know, war does not work, peace is the only way. So I kind of had that in my DNA. And I was living his dream. We always tried to keep peace in the family and keep peace in our life. Let's fast forward now. To about 1994 at that time the news right here Newsweek did something in the newspaper and they said that there were exactly 2,000 days to the year 2000 at that time I was putting the invitational together and we were inviting world leaders to come to La Casa de Maria for healing remember my dream and so when we had our opportunity to invite world leaders, we invited Tom Van Zandt, who did the Geosphere Project. And he invited Dr. Robert Mueller from the University of La Paz in Costa Rica. And when we sent him the invitation, he wrote on it, I will attend with enthusiasm. And I remember reading that I will intend with enthusiasm. I was always talked about as the most enthusiastic person in Santa Barbara. I'm not sure that's true, but I wasn't. I, I always believe if you're going to do something, do it with enthusiasm. And so, on July 11th, 1994, there were exactly 2,000 days to the year 2000. And I stood up in front of these world leaders and I said, "We have 2,000 days." till the year 2000. If each of you will write one idea for a better world, I'll publish the book in the year 2000. Well, nobody got too excited about it except Robert Mueller. And I started to pay attention to this man because every time I would call somebody and I'd say like David Krieger, the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation, David, would you like to have Robert Mueller come and speak to the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation? He would say, you know Robert Mueller? And I would, you know, being a PR person, I would say, absolutely, he's wonderful. Okay, have him speak. Mind Supermind. Well, I went to his speech for the Mind Supermind. And I heard words I had not heard before Martin Luther King, move over, here comes Robert Mueller. And he was phenomenal. He starts off by playing his harmonica do, 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 do. And we're talking at the Libero Theater, packed, absolutely packed with people. And he starts to talk about the world could be like this if we work seriously to keep our dreams alive. And when you think about the dreams that you want for our planet, that's how our earth can go. So I listened to him. And then I'm going to go to pass forward. We kept having these invitationals every year. And every year, Robert would show up. And people would say, why are you two always together? And I would say, I'm not sure, but we're like magnets. Now, that's a real important component of your life. Do you hang out where people shout your values? I did. I was at La Casa de Maria on their board for 25 years because they shouted my values of spirituality and human potential. And so when we had this invitational, here was Robert and I was together with him. Fast forward three years, we've had the invitational. He wrote the Ideas and Dreams for a Better World. We ended up with not 2,000, but 7,500. And now every day we send out an email called Good Morning World with some of our ideas. And it's a free email. And if you aren't on that list, join us. Good Morning World. Now I think about my grandfather saying at three I was going to be a peacemaker. I think about Robert's father saying to Robert, who is in Alsace-Lorraine, and the French were shooting the Germans, and the Germans were shooting the French, and he said to his dad at three, I'm going to be a peacemaker. And his dad said, I pity you, young man, because there are no such things as peacemakers, and you're going to be poor. And he said, I don't care. I can't believe we're having wars, the Germans shooting the French, and the French shooting the Germans. Long story short, he, in about 19... probably he was 23, he was born in 23, and he was about 1946, he entered an essay contest put on by the United Nations Association. And you heard David Wick saying that I'm a president of our United Nations Association. What goes around comes around. Now, I'm only telling you these things to prove my point. Because he said, I am going to work for peace. And his dad said, I pity you, young man, there's no such thing, right, Joanne? Joanne knows because she knew Robert when he was at the United Nations. So he was coming home from the University of Strasbourg and he says, the United Nations Association of Strasbourg is having a contest, how would you run the world? And he said, that's for me. He sat down and typed up his story, forgot about it, sent it off to the United Nations and a few months later, the knock on the door, It's Robert Mueller here. And this is wartime, remember. So his mother was so nervous because he was audacious and she knew he was always going to get in trouble. And he had, she opened the door and she said, yes, what do you want? And he said, I want to tell you that Robert Mueller just won the contest. So Robert comes whistling out and he was always a happy man. And he said, what? I won the contest. And he did not speak any English. This is another part about when your dreams come true. You may not have everything in order, but it doesn't matter. So this man says, you've just won an internship at the newly created United Nations. Imagine a United Nations working for peace. Last night, our speaker told us at the Rotary E-Club of World Peace that Rotary was there at the founding of the United Nations, the place where Robert, was going to go on a boat to the United Nations, not speaking one word of English. But his mother said, you can't go. His father said, you can't go. I need you here because you have to be a hat maker, just like me. And Robert said, nope, I'm gonna go to the United Nations and besides, who's gonna need hats? Didn't you hear that permanents were invented? <laughs> so the permanents would make the women's hair curly and they wouldn't have to hide their hair. And his father said, I don't care you can't go. So I'm going to tell you something that's really key here. Robert heard that. He heard his sister say no. His mother said no. But where did Robert go? And that's what I'm going to give each of you Prophet, the hat maker, son, because he went to nature. He went into the forest behind his house. And in the quiet of the bathing of the trees, he said, what am I to do? And he said, I remembered my dream that I was going to work for peace. And he had no idea how it was going to happen. But he answered that question. Well, how would you run the world? Long story short, and I can even read it to you from the book, Prophet, the Hatmaker's Son, that he said, that was my dream coming true. And he said to his mom, Mom, I'll see you. I'm going. I'm going to go to the United Nations and work for peace. My dream is coming true. And he did he spent 40 years at the university at the united nations and when he retired he was in charge of the 40th anniversary of the un his life is amazing you can just look up robertmuller.org you can go to www.goodmorningworld.org and you can look at the ideas we created in our relationship we worked very hard to create a life that would work for all of us and so it was amazing how many things we did together now in 1997 robert says to me i think it's time for us to get married and i think married hmm, i don't know if i want to get married again and my mother called up now my mother is a very staunch baptist and she said don't you know your reputation is being ruined by running around the world with robert i said he's a world server mom and she said but look, you have to get married. And so I said to Robert, I said, Robert, she wants us to get married. Okay, let's get married. I said, okay, I'm going to tell the universe that if we're supposed to get married, I am going to have everything fall into place um, by this Friday and we'll get married. Everything fell into place. We got a wedding license. We, The mayor of Dobbs Ferry could marry us. His four children joined us. Our grandchildren, my kids dro- flew in from... Santa Barbara from Oxnard. And we got married on the bank of the banks of the Hudson River in nature. Everything that works for me works in nature. Nature is our teacher. And we got married on the banks of the Hudson River. And then our life began. And I remember when Robert proposed to me We were coming back from one of the invitationals and he looked at me and I said, oh, Robert, I love you. You know how I am. I I love you, David. I love you, Dee. I love you. I was just saying I love you. And he said, with such sincerity, I love you. Those 33 seconds, I just stopped. We were at a red light. So I had no choice. I had to stop. So I was at this red light and I said, if I answer him the way he just said, I love you. My life's going to change. Remember, dreams come true, but they don't come true the way you might think they're going to come true. But they're going to come true. Remember, I wrote that in that little piece of paper in my wallet that I wanted to work with a world server. I wanted to have property. I wanted to be able to command that the world could have a different way of living. And I'm looking at Robert, and I said, okay, I'm ready. I love you, too and we got married. And it really was a fulfillment of a dream. Now, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. I had to give up my White House in Costa Rica, my Jaguar, my art, and move to a cabin. If you go to robertmuller.org and go to Mount Rasur, you're gonna see this humble cabin, no bigger than my computer. That's how small it was. But we were surrounded by acres and acres and acres of nature. And the legend was, from this mountain, peace shall go to the entire world. Well, the university was created. Robert was down every day. He was the chancellor. He was speaking, blah, 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 blah. And oh, my God. And I said, one day, I said, that's it. I'm done. I can't live here in this little tiny cabin without hot water, no oven. We had a refrigerator. We had a secondhand washing machine. I said, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to go take a shower and maybe the Costa Rican burglars will come and steal the refrigerator then I'll have to leave. Because in Costa Rica they don't just steal your food, they steal the whole refrigerator. You see these bandits walking down the street with the refrigerator on their shoulders and you think oh there goes another refrigerator. So I went to take a shower and I was ready to leave. I had had enough, you know enough mosquito bites, enough electricity in the air, we had rain every day. And I come out of the shower and there's nobody around. I'm in this cabin by myself and on the dining room table was a hot, hot mango pie. And I'm thinking, now how the heck did the hot mango pie get on that re- on my dining room table? So I sat down and I could have cared less how it got there. I just sat down and ate a quarter of it. I just ate that, and I, you know, that sugar. What does sugar do? Makes you feel everything's cool. So I ate the pie and I started to think I was feeling good again. And I called up Deborah and I said, Deborah, did you make that pie? And she said, You know, Barbara, for three years, I have wanted to make you a hot mango pie. And today I just said, My intuition said, I better make her the pie today. And I said, Deborah, this is a miracle pie. I call this my miracle pie, Deborah, because this pie is going to keep me in Costa Rica. And I was ready to leave today. But you made me feel so good with all that hot mango pie that I started my Radio for Peace, my communicating, the conversations, inspiring conversations. I built Monet Gardens. I created a paradise. We built in a terrace and all of a sudden I said to Robert, you know what happened today, Robert? We had a miracle pie and I'm here with you and I'll stay. And so we spent 17 years going back and forth between Santa Barbara and Costa Rica. Now, what happened there is something that I need to share. Because when we were on this sacred land, we created something called the Bench of Dreams. And the Bench of Dreams was this dilapidated old bench about half a mile long on the top of a mountain. And when the elder hostels would come, we'd say, come on, come sit on our bench of dreams. Let's hear the dreams you had when you were a child. Because now you're retired and you can take those dreams and implement them. And you can become whatever you want. It's never too late. And so we began to have these people coming to our farm to dream their dreams. And there's a process. You sit on the bench. And we still have bench of dreams at every one of my homes, and I'll tell you why. Here's the process. You sit on the bench, and you see this dream that you want in the brain that you were given and in your imagination. And once you see it, you pick up two stones from the earth, and you hold them in your hand, and you toss one stone to the earth to remember your dream and the other stone you take home to remember your dream. So anytime Robert and I would write a letter to Kennedy or whoever we were writing letters to, we would always go to the bench of dreams and hold our letter and say, please make this possible. We need peace on our planet. And we would take that rock, the one rock that we would take with us and I'd write it down and I'd put the date so I could watch the dream come true and throw the other one in the earth so the earth could remember. Now I was also not only at Costa Rica. I was at the University for Peace a lot, and I also was in New York with Robert because we were always invited to be speakers. In fact, I got the, uh, one of several of awards for being at the UN at the right time and speaking about inspiration and spirituality. And long story short, one day in Atel delegates' lounge, we were having lunch, and in comes the ambassador from Costa Rica. And she said, do you know what I have in my purse? And I said, no, what do you have in your purse? I have a rock. I said, what kind of rock? Oh, don't you remember I was up there on the bench of dreams? And I dreamed that Costa Rica would continue to be the demilitarized country it is, etc. And I want to show you my rock. All my dreams have come true. So I'm telling you stories that may not sound like you could make this happen in your life, but it's not true. You can If you are intentional, intentional. When you dream that dream and you see it and you know it's going to happen, the universe will remember. And all you have to do is just be aware that you had that dream. Now, if you want to write them down, I had pages and pages of dreams with rocks that I kept watching come true. You can do that. It's a kind of an empirical evidence that your dreams do come true. And so... As my miracle life continued, Robert passed away in 2010. And I didn't expect to have as much of a life as I did. And we kept the property in Costa Rica and I've continued, God bless him, for letting me work for the world that I want to create. And now I have my own grandchildren and they also believe that dreams can come true. And so with that, I just want you to remember something, that peace does begin with each of us. And if you're not sure, have a dream. Dream something. Create a bench of dreams. Read books that show you that you can have a bench of dreams in your backyard, wherever you may be. And today I'm listening again to this wonderful Passe Benet. Oh my gosh, if you're not a member of Passe Benet, every day there's some kind of a spiritual message that comes out. And it, it they just keeps reinforcing that peace is possible, and it begins with each of us. And so before Robert died, we decided that we were going to work on a global mission. And we put together our priorities because we're both members of the Club of Budapest. We spent 17 years traveling the world speaking for peace. And our priorities are to make this planet a paradise. Isn't that a beautiful dream? to eradicate from it all poverty, miseries, and all errors engendered by greed, power, and egotism. Number three, to make out of all humans one united family, to create a new political world order for centuries to come, and to honor nature as our teacher, to attain a life of fulfillment and happiness for all humans. To achieve a human family in harmony with the earth, nature, and the heavens. And last but not least, to be the ultimate cosmic success for the universe and God. And he really believed that peace is possible, even on his tomb. I have his little marker, and it says he spent his life working for peace. And he said, Decide to be happy, because when you're happy, Peace Follows. Well, that's kind of my talk. I wanted to let you know that my life has been fantastic. I'm a lucky lady. I continue to go where people shout my values. I continue to work with Joanne Before, who is going should be a speaker about nuclear power and nuclear waste, etc. And I work with David Wick at the Rotary E-Club of World Peace. Mark, all of you, Brian, all of you are all friends who allow me to shout my values with you.